I'm Kate Wheeler here with Christine Bentley, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. We are brought to you by Roar Publishing, from concept to content. Well, it's Christmas Eve, and if you're on your way to the mall right now, scrambling to find a last-minute gift, have you thought about refashioning? DIY diva Sherry Pavlovic from the popular blog Confessions of a Refashionista has some great gift ideas that you probably have everything that you need to make them right at home. And if you're wondering how to stay on a healthy track over the busy holiday season, Cassie Suter from Good Life Fitness Scarborough Marketington is going to talk to us about the 12 days of fitness. We're going to find out how to maintain our weight, keep up our energy, feel good, still enjoy all the fun, and we're going to start a little earlier than New Year's. Than New Year's Day? Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, New Year's resolutions. Mm. Alison Gordon, uh, the CEO of 48 North Cannabis, will be back to talk about the new face of cannabis, what that is, and how she's hoping to change the perception of cannabis culture with legalization right around the corner. We'll also chat with Canadian actor and producer Matthew Wilson, uh, about some of the exciting projects he is going to be working on in the new year. Musicologist Eric Alper is talking about leftover albums in On the Record, and in our live studio sessions today, duo Madison Violet is performing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. How appropriate. Um, absolutely. Uh, and we do hope, of course, that you do have a very Merry Christmas if you are celebrating. We are going to be off next week, but we have prepared two great best of what she said shows. Uh, we have them all lined up for you. So be sure to keep in touch with us on social media at what she said talk and on our website, which is what she said talk.com. We always have uh, contests, blogs, all kinds of links to some of our great guests and what they have for you. And don't forget also to join us on Facebook live every Wednesday morning at uh, 10 a.m. Uh, where we have swag bags that we get from our guests to give away. All you have to do is join in the chat, like and share the Facebook Live. But for now, what she said, we'll be right back with 48 North Cannabis Company CEO Allison Gordon on 105.9 The Region. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. I keep pushing forwards, but he keeps pulling me backwards. When it comes to the legalization of cannabis, we are about to see marketing efforts ramp up aimed at shifting public opinion and destigmatizing current notions associated with its use. Here to explain that is Alison Gordon, the CEO of 48 North Cannabis, and according to Marketing Magazine, one of the country's top 10 marketers. Welcome back. Thank you very much. <laughs> she said, Alison. Thank you very much. Who is the new face of cannabis? Me? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I, I don't know that there is a new face of cannabis. Who would we like to have people see as the face of cannabis? I think really the goal for me is that people understand that there is no one face of cannabis. So historically, over the past however many years in popular culture, you see a lot of rappers. Maybe there's the thought of hippies. Now we're starting to see more and more faces as lots of stories are getting out there, whether it's young children with epilepsy or whether it's your mother who's using it for back pain. I think we're all starting to see that the face of cannabis is actually changing. Well, we're hearing a bit about the pinking of cannabis. I take it that's right. women. 
Yeah, no, I haven't heard that term yet, which is quite interesting coming from a background of having worked for years in breast cancer. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, a lot of different, There's a, let's put it this way, the industry is huge. We all see all the time tons of stuff happening in the cannabis industry. The stock market's going crazy. Mm -hmm. So everybody wants to cash in on this, what they see as a trend, which it's really, really not. So one of the issues we hear about a lot is women and who's targeting women and who's talking to women. And it will be interesting to see because we still are in this medical system uh, governed by our federal government and Health Canada, and we aren't actually to market to anyone. So I'm very curious to see how this so-called pinking of cannabis will turn out. Is cannabis culture not currently female-friendly? Well, I think that, hmm, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, over the past four years that I've been working in the industry, I've gone to a lot of different industry events in the U.S. There's something called the Cannabis Cup, and it takes place in California, in Colorado, there's probably about five, ten thousand 10,000 people that are there. And there's a mix of men and women, but it is predominantly men, young men. And a lot of the women that work in the booths are typical that you see in bikinis or shorts. So there is this stereotypical thing happening at some of these events. That said, I personally know a lot of women who are cannabis users. So I think there is room in the culture for women. I think there are lots of women in the culture, but maybe it hasn't sort of rising to the level of the magazines or the booths or where we can see sort of that equality of women to men. So what would be the main areas of use when it comes to women? I mean, are we that different from men in what we would use cannabis for? No, I don't, I don't think so at all. I think actually if you go on Instagram and you do Google hashtag 420 girl or 420 woman or weed women, or there's a whole bunch of hashtags you could try, you'll find a brevy of women of all ages, grandmothers. I was looking at a grandmother's site <laughs> the other day on Instagram. She was smoking a massive bong and talking about her <laughs> grandchildren. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that, that no, women and men use cannabis for all sorts of reasons. And I don't think that there's any mm. particular gender associated with it. How do you hope to change the perception of cannabis culture? And the consumers associated with it. Right. I mean, for me, I think as a recreational cannabis user myself, I've always felt like it was something you kind of had to hide from maybe your work colleagues or family members. And it's really only in the past few years that I've realized, okay, hold on, you're working in this industry, you're talking about changing perception, it's time to... Come out of come the closet, out of the closet. exactly. Yeah. Come out of the box and say, like, here I am, a mom, fully functional. I, you know, run a business and I use cannabis recreationally. So I think at the very basic level, it's a very complex question. But if we're going to keep it simple, the idea really is to say these are not just, as I said, maybe for rappers or hippies or people who are counterculture. It's really around us everywhere. Yeah, it's pe not people on the fringe. No, it's exactly. It's very mainstream. Well, I mean, f for me, um, it's something that instead of, I mean, a lot of people come home and they have a drink. Mm -hmm. And like, they don't have, uh, for various reasons, we generally don't drink at home. But, um, you know, to have it for a relaxation and to take me into the evening, I'd be quite happy to, to have a joint as opposed to having a martini. That would be my choice. Right. And I think with some of the options that will become available as we move into the recreational market, like vape pens, for example, where you don't have that smell or mm -hmm. you're not having to roll something and keep things around if you have children. So there's a discretion with the vape pen. It doesn't really smell. I think you're finding a lot more younger moms, for example, or as they call them, soccer moms, are saying, okay, this is actually something I can do, get through the soccer game, mm -hmm. get through the homework period. And I agree with you. It's really no different than having a glass of wine. But all pot is not created equal. And so can you take us through the various strains, what they can, the difference between right. a, 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 sativa. a sativa and an indica? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if we had 
hours. We could get into all the intricacies. There's thousands of different cultivars or strains, although some say there's really only 12. So, you know, it's a hot button thing. But yes, there is two basic plants in the cannabis family, the indica and the sativa. So the indica is what we generally associate with the stereotypical stoner relaxed into the couch, watching mm -hmm. a movie. It's helpful for sleep. Um, and sativa, some call the daytime cannabis because it can help with creativity. It doesn't make you as tired. Some people find that it makes their heart race. And what I find really fascinating is I see the people's learning curve has just gone way up. So I find friends telling me, oh, I like to smoke this indica mixed with a little bit of sativa. So it doesn't make me too tired, but it doesn't make my heart race. So people are actually starting to make their own blends and figuring out which cultivars work well for them. And it's an amazing time we're living in, honestly. How do you, do you, I mean, how do you answer people who, who say that it's going to become another problem? Like tobacco. Like or, tobacco right. and, and booze. Well, I mean, there's, again, complex. Uh, it's not something new. So it's not, an, if it were to be a problem, which I don't agree that it is, then one would say it, it's out there. I mean, this is not something that's difficult to get. If you want to get marijuana right now, mm -hmm. you can get it very easily. So legalization doesn't change that. What it does change is your ability to know what it is you're getting. So 48 North, uh, my company, we are regulated by the government. Therefore, all of our product is tested and you know exactly what's in it. So when I tell you the THC levels and the CBD levels, you can feel confident knowing that we're governed by Health Canada. We have spot testing. We have to batch test um, all of our product. So you have a sense of what's actually in what you're getting as well as there's no pesticides allowed. And so there's just more information, but it's not as though this is a new thing that we're creating. This is just creating a different access for people. And I think that will create less of a problem because you don't have people going out onto the street buying whatever it is they're buying. Yeah, and, and also, as, as you mentioned, there, there are different strains with different levels of THC, exactly. which is what um, you know would get you stoned. And then the CBD, which doesn't, which can just help ease pain, anxiety. We saw wonderful things with Charlotte's Web, mm -hmm. um, the strain that helped Charlotte yes. with her, her seizures, which turned Dr. Sanjay Gupta around exactly. from CNN. Like he was very anti pot and now he's like seen it researched yep. it and he's like I, i'm all for this no there's there's more those are just two cannabinoids out of at least 80 to 100 mm. cannabinoids that are in the plant so we'll be discovering more and more about those different cannabinoids and what they do for sure but yes legalization and having that type of access will help people to better understand what works for them and what they want to use. And I mean, it's totally different than alcohol and I hate even making the comparison, but when people talk about, you know, moonshine or bootleg versus when you go into the LCBO now and the breadth of choices that you have, you have a different sense of what's really strong, what's less strong, what you like, what works well with you. I don't like to, again, equate the two, but same, same. You're going to have those choices and you're going to be able to make educated decisions. So how can people connect with you? What's your web website? Our website is 48northmj.com mm -hmm. or they can Google 48 North Cannabis Co. and they can find our website. Well, thank you very much for, for coming in and enlightening us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> what she said, we'll be right back on 105.9 The Region. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Centre is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270. Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism. 
Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. Saturday night at the movies. Saturday night at the movies? Don't know what picture to see? And Brody's got you covered. Did you like the film? Uh, no. Oh, we didn't. <laughs> okay. Well, that no. does. I love your honesty. <laughs> Films about paranoia, I think they do us a lot of good. Because it's not happening to us. <laughs> I took your mom, Romy. Who loves a good film? We laughed our socks off. I was so bored watching it. <laughs> a film critic who shoots straight from the hip. Saturdays on What She Said Talk. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with the shape of you. We push and pull like a magnet do. Although my heart is falling too. I'm in love with your body. Welcome back to What She Said. For Canadians wondering how to stay on a healthy track over the busy holiday season, Level 5 personal trainer and Swanee Buffo has compiled the 12 Days of Fitness. One simple focus each day can help you maintain your weight, keep up your energy, feel good, and still enjoy all the fun. Now, here to take us through all this is Cassie Souter from Good Life Fitness Scarborough Markington. Welcome to What She Said, Cassie. Thank you for having me. So we all seem to set January 1st as the start date to make a commitment to, to our health, but you believe we should be starting right now. For sure. The best way to get started is getting prepped ahead of time. But is it realis- realistic to be able to go through the holidays with the parties and the food and the drinks and the and the no time and, and be able to really make a difference? For sure. The biggest thing is you need to make fitness a priority. So people usually think going around to family and friends, for sure, that is a priority, but your health also shouldn't be taking a backseat to that. And it's also a great way to incorporate fitness with your family and friends and everyone else who you're celebrating over the holidays with. Well, we've talked about the fact that there's a real drop-off rate at the gym <laughs> at the end of January. Well, mm-hmm. actually, they say usually people make it to the end, of, many people make it to the end of February. By March, the gym's empty. So how, if you're starting earlier, is the drop-off rate going to be earlier? <laughs> the best thing to do is... Pick a start date, and then the biggest thing is being consistent with it, right? So you need to find strategies that are going to keep you consistent. So whether that's bringing someone into your workout to hold each other accountable, um, working with someone, getting to learn some new things, it's whatever's going to make it exciting for you. And then you're going to find strategies that are going to help you not fall off. Well, we've got the 12 days of fitness Mm -hmm. in front of us. So let's let's go through them as best we can. So let's start with day one, scheduling. Perfect. So basically, you want to ensure that everything's scheduled out ahead of time so that when you start training, then you have that set schedule in front of you, okay? Um, One thing that you can do as well is invite friends and family if you have already priorities with them. So things you could do, you could go for a jog outside, weather permitting, of course, or you could go skating. There's so many things to do in Scarborough and Toronto um, and really to enjoy it with the family. And as far as scheduling, that also includes meal planning. For sure. That's a big part. Obviously, with the holidays, um, people are going to be having more alcohol, extra salt, a bunch of like cookies and goodies, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to find extra outlets to burn off some of those extra calories. So what are we shopping for then? So stick to your holiday meals, of course, um, but you have to kind of look at calories in versus calories out. So I would incorporate more workouts in, even if it's just say you have to go holiday shopping, yeah. Park a little bit further away from the mall, so you right. have to walk that extra bit. And in terms of food, you're pretty lean stuff then. Yeah, so still have the turkey, but say you have a meal that you really, really like. Still have that, but then maybe if that's a dinner for breakfast, have something that's going to be a little bit cleaner. So say a source of protein or fruit or vegetables. So day two, once we're all scheduled, is start with strength. Yes, of course. So a lot of people generally do cardio. Uh, However, strength training is a really good option to do as well, because in that way, you're going to be using the major muscle groups of the body, right? Mm -hmm. So think of trying to get the best bang for your buck. Say if you're just doing um, on the elliptical or on the treadmill, you're primarily just going to be working out your legs. Mm -hmm. 
And a lot of people aren't actually able to elicit the response where their heart rate's going to go up, so they're burning the most amount of calories. Um, with strength training, working the full body, you're going to burn the most calories. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we go to day three, which is stretching. Yes, of course. Stretching is really simple, and you don't have to go to a gym environment or anything. You can just do it at the comforts of your own home. Um, and really, that's just to help focus your mind and prepare your body for the day ahead. So usually what we like, what I do is recommend my clients to do in the morning right when they get up. So it just becomes part of their routine. Mm. And, and I understand it also can release the uh, bit of dopamine, feel-good yeah, hormones, for right? for sure. Absolutely. So day four, let your heart be your guide. Yeah. So what I was saying before about eliciting that heart rate response, what's something that you can do is you can actually take the number 220 minus that off by your age, and that should be the maximum heart rate zone. So when you're actually doing your cardio workout, Mm -hmm. instead of just looking at how long you're on the treadmill or elliptical for, instead, Mm -hmm. monitor your own heart rate and try to get it into that zone. Okay. So day five, <laughs> prioritize and moderate your food choices. <laughs> this would be my big challenge. <laughs> okay, how do we do this? Well, when you think of your holiday meals, obviously they're going to be a lot of carbs, a lot of salt, sugars. So instead, a good strategy to use is actually fill up on vegetables. Usually um, for the holidays, people have like uh, veggie plates. So instead, before your big meal, start filling up on that. So then when you get to the meal, you're less likely to go for second helpings, you're just going to stick to your main food groups. And, and choose your carbs wisely. Yes. So as I was saying before, if, say, uh, your grandma has, like, this really, really good bread that she makes around Christmas, and you really want to have that, instead, have it, but for breakfast, maybe skip the cereal and do something more nutritious. Okay, well, what about half a bowl of Kate's eggnog? (laughs) I don't think it would make any difference what I had for breakfast. (laughs) Well, speaking of that, day six is go big, then go home. What's Mm -hmm. that? So basically, if you're going to counteract all your holiday indulgences, the same thing, train heavy. So use the really big muscle groups like your quads, your back, your chest, and glutes, and train at high intensity. Okay, so Mm -hmm. different exercises you can do for that would be things like goblet squats, deadlifts, assisted pull-ups. So basically all the big muscle groups, same thing as I was talking about, biggest bang Mm -hmm. for your buck. Okay. And day seven, enjoy your cardio. Yes. So cardio, which a lot of people think is just the workout, can actually be a good form of active recovery. Um, So it's really good to increase the heart rate and then move your muscles around, which is actually going to encourage blood flow so that you limit the soreness the next day. And day eight, don't forget to play. Yay. (laughs) But I don't think you're talking about the same kind of play I am. No, really it's in terms of play for exercise. So maybe go for a hike, tobogganing, chase the kids around in the yard over your holidays, um, and then maybe even go downtown for some last night shopping. It's really incorporating workouts into fun. Okay. Day nine, show off your moves. Yeah. So there's always a good thing to do is try new things at the gym. Typically people go in for their same workouts and it gets repetitive and they get bored with it. So instead, different things to do are um, like kettlebell swings or shadow boxing with dumbbells. So basically at the same time of keeping your mind engaged by learning new things, you're also going to be burning a lot of fat with those. And day 10, do the heavy lifting Again, (laughs) always the heavy lifting. Um, It's really just that the more you work you do in advance, the easier it will be to get back to your routine so that like that eggnog that you guys want to have, um, you can easily burn that off. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) maybe. Day 11, acknowledge your inner yogi. Yeah, so it's always a good time to try out yoga or Pilates. Um, We do offer all of those classes and a bunch of... um, Like you can see it online as well. People can do that in the comfort of their own home. But basically, it's a good thing to work the muscles out and give your joints a break, right? Um, Usually also, it helps with the mental state of mind. It's very relaxing. Mm -hmm. Um, So instead of kind of being all stressed out with the holiday hustle and bustle, you give yourself some time to actually calm down and relax and focus on yourself. 
Well, I like day 12. Well, I like the first half of day 12. The first half of day 12 is reward yourself. And then there's a comma and it says, then start again. (laughs) Yes. So you guys always have to remember, if you're working really hard, it's okay to reward yourself. So I know even with Christmas time, people receive gifts. If you've been working really hard in the gym, it's also good to kind of celebrate yourself. So Maybe uh, get some new workout gear or then take some time off for yourself. Read a book, go out, have fun with friends and family and skip the gym that one day Mm -hmm. and then get back to it. So, uh, well, I feel fitter already. How about you, Christina? Yeah, I I, I certainly do. I certainly do. So how can people connect with a trainer if they want to get all this organized? So we always have open times in the gym where you can come in and then you can walk around, take a look at our facilities and even get a free day pass. Um, We do always have trainers available, so you can always ask for assistance. We are there to help. Um, And then we do have classes offered at the gym. So maybe if you're not completely interested in personal training right away, then you can try it a class, and those are offered within our membership as well. Well, thank you very much for coming in. No problem. I'm happy to be here. And Merry Christmas. You as well. Have a wonderful (laughs) holiday. We'll be right back on What She Said. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. Feeding the family got you frantic? As feeding two teenage boys, I mean, at the end of the week, that's all I really want to do is save some money on my groceries. Is your fridge ever actually full? Oh, my, no. <laughs> I think I'm the only person that comes to a radio interview with a cooler. Not only was it so much fun, but it was super easy. And even my kids, when we cut into it last night, they even looked at it and they were like, Mom, you made this? I think you can do this in your sleep. Wholesome, on-budget fixes from foodie Charmaine Broughton on What She Said Talk. Welcome back to What She Said. Joining us now is our musicologist, Eric Alper, for On The Record, brought to you by Royal Records. And today we're talking about leftover Mm. albums. So before we start anything... What is a leftover album? What does that mean? A leftover album is kind of the musical equivalent of the stuff that is just raging in your fridge long after the holidays. It's stuff that you might have used once or twice, but it just stays there. And leftover albums are albums that contain songs that weren't originally written for this album. They were just leftover tracks that weren't used. And the first one was the Rolling Stones' Tattoo You, which came out in 1981. And it's one of the most successful albums by the band, but the band had already committed to doing a world tour back in 1981. And depending on who you believe, either they didn't have enough new songs to write for the new album or that the band wasn't getting along. So the producer went back into the vaults, figured out that there's enough tracks from past albums to use for this brand new album. And that song, Start Me Up, happens to be one of them. Start Me Up. I mean, that's such a great, such an iconic song. Amazing song. How it was left left over? Absolutely, for sure. And the album did pretty well, selling four and a half million copies in the U.S 
West alone and eight and a half million copies worldwide. Not bad for an album that really didn't exist by the time that they started in the studio. Hey, you. Did you That's the music of Pink Floyd from their album, The Endless River, which came out in 2014. It's their 15th and, by all accounts, their final album. And that began as a collection of unused recordings from 1994, the Division Bell album. Years after keyboardist Rick White passed away from cancer in 2008, they became a foundation for one last Floyd album. All the songs that weren't used for that album became this album. And the album is very much an instrumental tribute to Rick, and it became the most pre-ordered album album of all time on Amazon UK. A heart so big it could crush this town and I can't hold out. That's Tom Petty and that's from She's the One album, one of my favorite albums from Tom and producer Rick Rubin and Tom had a really great collaboration. Um, for a number of years and the sessions from the Wildflowers album yielded so many great tracks that they couldn't put it all on one CD so they stuck them in the vault and when uh, Ed Burns the filmmaker came asking for songs to be used for his movie Tom Petty just gave him all of the tracks which became the She's the One soundtrack it's a really cool album but it doesn't even mention Uh, It doesn't even get one mention in the four-hour Tom Petty documentary, Running Down a Dream. That's just how little he thinks about this record. Wow, that's surprising. Led Zeppelin's Coda album came out in 1982, and the eight-song album arrived two years after the death of drummer John Bonham in order to not only clear the vaults, but also end the contract with Atlantic Records. The selection ranged from live songs from the 1970s to their last album, In Through the Outdoor. The word coda means a passage that ends a musical piece following the musical body and was therefore pretty apt for Led Zeppelin's final album. And please stop asking for them to reform. (laughs) (laughs) Some nights I The Promise? The Promise is like a leftover album? It is, because Springsteen isn't exactly a stranger to leftover albums. He put out a tracks box set that compiled 25 years worth of unused material, B-sides and demos, and the album High Hopes from 2014 brought together an assortment of material that failed to be on Springsteen's albums in the 2000s, but The Promise that came out in 2010 was leftover tracks from the, uh, from the album The Darkness on the Edge of Town that were left on the cutting room floor. The album is so good, and not just because it features the last appearances of saxophonist Clarence Clemens mm. after he passed away in 2011, one of the great lost albums in Bruce Springsteen's collection. Do you have any any dreams that someone's going to come across a whole lot of uh, lost tracks in a particular am, band? I'm not only waiting for Phil Collins to come along and put together his box set, but I'm asking him one more time if I can please drum on one of his songs. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Despite the wide audience that this station has, Phil, if you're listening, you know where to find me. Maybe you could connect with his daughter, Lily. That has come across my mind a couple of thousand times already. It's not the first time that somebody has brought up that idea. And this isn't so creepy after all. This is for sure to do. Let's go through the daughter for the father. Eric, always a pleasure. Have a happy holiday, and we will see you in the new year. You too. Thank you so much for having me. On the Record is brought to you by Roar Records. Download Rise by Elise Saunders based on the heroic story of Pan Am medalist and Olympian Jessica Phoenix on iTunes and Spotify now. We love to promote Canadians here at What She Said, and we love to have them back and see what they are doing. One of those talented former guests is joining us, and his career has gone nowhere but up since we last saw him. Welcome actor, producer Matthew Wilson to What She Said. Hello, thanks for having me. 
Now, since we are on radio, people can actually see you. Tell us uh, what people would have seen you in or should have seen you in. Well, last week, an episode of The Strain. Uh, so that was that was exciting. Ooh. And uh, lots of lots of never enough film, never enough TV, lots of theater. Mm, but lots yeah. and lots of theater. Uh, and I have some things coming up in the next while. We shot a nice little film, a little uh, short. I, I like very much. I think it's got a good message. It's funny. It's dark. It's topical. It's called Bully. I think we know what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, can, I can guess. Well, you're, uh, you really started on the stage. You've had 500 stage performances, and then you've moved now into television and film, and you even finance Mm-hmm. Some things. Yeah. Uh, I like to work, and I find that in order to work a lot of the time, I, f- I, I always say no one's going to work harder for you than you. So I wanted to work, and uh, so I've been doing some financing and creating my own work. I just uh, was involved in a new Donald Sutherland film that will be coming out next year. Had a nice role in that, uh, and I'm, I'm one of the executive producers on that project as well. And you didn't you also finance part of that that Smash Web series? Yeah, my... my roommate's an escort. Yeah, yeah, and that's doing very well. Hopefully, uh, we have some, some announcements coming up for that soon. I hope um, things are you know trudging along. I think it's always good to have a few different projects rather than investing all your time and energy in one. Have a bunch of stuff happening. So uh, escort's gone very well. Like it's that thing's really taken off. That's great. Yeah. So now you sort of said you not enough film, not enough TV, but in, you're going to be directing 12 Angry Men. I'm going to be directing 12 Angry Men in uh, the beginning of the new year, so I'm looking forward to that. That should go well. Um, it's all cast, and we're starting to uh, do preliminary things as far as, uh, you know, setting things up, um, you know, getting stages built and, yeah. Now you've stayed. You've pretty much stayed in Canada for the yeah. most part of your career. Yeah. And I know that when I went to see um, the movie Arrival, mm-hmm. I kept on seeing like everybody I yeah. I knew. It was yeah. like a cast of there was uh, well John Moore was in it yep. playing a news person. You yep. were there yep. preacher. Yep. Um, and yeah, and lots. Of, so, but I mean, why do you choose to stay here? Would you? Go down to the States in a minute? Or? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'd, I'd go to outer space if somebody wanted me to. <laughs> well, to, you did with a rock. Well, yeah, yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, I would go anywhere, um, you know, to work for sure. But I've always been fortunate enough to stay here. I've mm-hmm. always been working and I stay here. And I have a, a couple of businesses now uh, that are focused right here that I, I can't really leave very well. Um, but uh, no, I, I mean, I like to work. I find that you don't necessarily have to go to another country to work. No. There's plenty of work here. That's realistic, and you will always be working. And yeah. you can go home and see your wife and kids at night. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they actually maybe I should leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do say that now with 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 the internet and with it. It's so, and people can hop on a plane and yeah. go anywhere. You don't yeah. really have to move. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a son in the music business, and same thing. He can produce an artist right. who's in Dubai. Right, I mean, right it here. doesn't doesn't have to yeah, doesn't have, have to, to go leave. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, the mm-hmm. studio. Yeah. How do you how do you think that they? You know, we keep on hearing that this is like a huge year for um, for film and television in in Toronto. I think that everybody always it's going to be huge next year. Oh my god! Wait, I think that there's always enough work, but I do think that this is the age of television. Well, I mean, we all know that, and I think that the CBC is jumping on board with that. And I hope I hope I'm right. I think there's going to be a lot of work. Oh, I, and, I think I hope, that, and I think there's going to be a, a fair amount with the CBC. Well, my actor daughter hopes so, too. Let's hope so. Uh, yeah, she just did a web series, her first web what series. What is it called? Spiral. That seems to be like a big play. Yeah, it seems to be a big push. The web series, are there are a lot of work, and I, I don't know exactly what to think of them. I'm of an older generation. I don't really get the tech world. Mm-hmm. Um, but people seem to be watching them and enjoying them and being a part of them. I just don't know how long people are going to tune into web series. But Well, at least they're watching yours. But they're watching ours. What else, <laughs> what else do you need to watch? Just watch ours. My roommate's an escort. Well, Matthew Wilson, where can people see you uh, next? In uh, what? Uh, well, I'll be directing 12 Angry Men, mm-hmm. uh, The Strain, a Hallmark movie coming out, the Donald Sutherland film tentatively called American Hangman, which I hope is very good. Mm-hmm. I hope so, for different reasons, uh, being one of the producers. So, yeah, yeah, I've got a fair amount going on. 
And Wilson Entertainment Productions. Is Wilson Entertainment Productions with two L's. And uh, we'd love to hear from anybody. We're always looking for things to get involved with. Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thanks for having me. This is what she said. Stay with us. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. <laughs> Want to know more about the music and the musicians you love? Today we're talking about five bands that have been at it for a very long time. The entire album was recorded over three weekend sessions for a cost of $6,000. Whenever I do an impression of Bob Dylan, that's the only line that I do. Tangle up in blue. That's, that's it. And you that's, do it. That's all I do. Well, I can't do it again. Do it again. Tangle up in blue. <laughs> what that Eric Alper knows will spin your head Sundays on What She Said Talk. So it's Christmas Eve, people. Are you ready? Wrapped? Relaxing? <laughs> if not, and there are still some gifts you need to get organized, you may want to check out the popular blog, Confessions of a Refashionista, a fabulously crafty corner of the internet packed with more than 1,100 thrifty tips and tricks and step-by-step -step upcycling tutorials for everything from groovy clothing to funky home decor. The creator, Sherry Pavlovich, joins us now. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you very much. Great to be here. So explain, what exactly is refashioning? Well, refashioning um, is basically stepping away from buying things new, using what you already have, upcycling. Um, when you get things, for example, passed down from relatives, friends, you know, really enhancing your own wardrobe without resorting to buying something new, recreating something new from old. What do you think is triggering this current rise in the whole mend and make do and pre-loved movements? Is it economics or is it ethics? I think it's a little bit of both. That's that's how I actually got started doing this. I mean, first of all, never finding anything that fit me properly, as <laughs> most women have that problem in the stores. Right. And I inherited a sewing machine when I lived in Germany and just started really looking at my own wardrobe. And when you start taking stuff apart, you really start to see what the work that goes into it. And when you start looking at that, then you start to think about, wait a minute, someone actually made this, right? And so by not buying new and remaking things yourself, you're not contributing to the unethically produced, uh, excuse me, fast fashion, which yeah. uh, is, is quite a large problem nowadays. I have to say that in addition to that, I always feel that it's wasteful. You know, I don't wear this anymore, so I'm just going to throw it out and go exactly. get something yeah, else. That it's, and yeah. we all have so much stuff. We I mean, I, or I look at my, you know, my place and I think I've got way too much stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't want to buy any more stuff. 
That's so excellent. I think that that's a different kind of ethic, maybe. Yeah, of course. But I, do you think in North America compared to Europe, where you've just yeah. lived for twenty two years, twenty two years, <laughs> um, who do you think is a more consumers based? Oh, society? absolutely, North America. No, absolutely, this, this was one of the biggest things I noticed when I came back. I mean, of course, the reverse culture shock, but also the amount of stuff, as you were saying, that people just throw out. I mean, when you walk down the street on a, on a garbage day here, there's furniture, there's bags of clothes. It, it mm -hmm. is, it's crazy. And you think, how many people can actually use that? Except for the fact, I mean, there is the other side to the argument, which is that people need jobs. Jobs, yeah. So there are people who are Making products things to or make designing it, yeah. them or selling them or... Yes, but then that's, you run into the whole problem of these multi-million dollar fast fashion companies should be able to pay someone more than five cents for making exactly, a Exactly, a living age. And then on, on the extreme other side, we see like the, the no waste families who dispose of just like a jar full of garbage in that's a year. That's my family. <laughs> you, you can do that? Absolutely, yes. Seriously, like Absolutely. a mason jar full of, gar of garbage is all you... For sure, yes. Wow, yeah. it's really not—it's really not that difficult. I mean, it's—it's it's just a matter of when you do consume, for example, at the supermarket, you don't buy things that are packaging. It's packaged. the packaging yes. that drives me yes. nuts. We were talking about well, that. For on example, a, though, on Facebook Live. If you go and you're buying fresh lettuce and it's wet because it's just been sp sprayed or whatever, right. how do you not put that in a plastic bag? So you, you don't. You have your own bag that you take with you. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And that bag you can make easily out of an old t-shirt. You see? So it's, yeah. So there's one mason jar? Really? Or, or I mean, but, maybe or, a bit or, more. We're not, we don't, we're we not don't talking about recycling, it. though. No, we're talking about actual garbage. Garbage, that you put yeah. Out, yeah. yeah. The recycling out. isn't included in that because it gets recycled. So right. even with these families, they don't include, you know, the bags of recycling. But we were talking about buying things, for example, where it's one little thing, but the packaging mm. is huge. Yeah. And how do you... But that, I guess that's, re well, you, that's well, recycling. We, yeah. yeah, and we don't buy it then. That's the, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and you do, I think you do have to, um, you know, shop ethically and mm. you have to stand up and say i'm not buying that mm. because of your excess packaging or you know or whatever it is or there are lots of places where you can go and get your honey and your peanut butter and mm -hmm. you fill it up in a jar in bulk, yeah. in bulk exactly, and you do it yeah. like that yeah. um but let's let's you've brought in some ideas i have brought in several last so minute tell ideas us. yes okay now all of these i'm sure you will have at least one of these in your house that you can throw together on christmas eve to give to someone in that emergency situation. So one thing that I really, really love is just raiding my cupboards. And this here is basically just an unopened can of oysters with a couple little mini packages of uh, gourmet crackers mm. wrapped up nicely mm -hmm. in a, a little gift bag with some toothpicks. And, you know, that's a perfect little hostess gift to yep. give someone. Uh, hors d'oeuvres, ready yeah. to go. There you go. Ready to go. Okay, that's a good or idea. Or wonderful, cozy, comfort soup in a jar. And this is just an upcycled jar. And all I've done here is layered in some pasta, some rice, some spices, lentils, everything that I have in my cupboard in the right measurements. Add a little gift tag on there, cozy comfort soup with the instructions to simmer in two liters of water. And there, someone has a wonderful little comforting meal for Christmas. Excellent. Great idea. Yeah. And this one as well, I absolutely love. This is an upcycled jar. I think this had icing in it. Mm -hmm. Now, as you can see, well, you guys can see, <laughs> this is just a bath puff, and I poked a hole in the top, fed the bath puff string through there, right. and then inside, we have all of these nice little on-the-go kind of lip balms, mini shampoos, all of those little sample -y things that you get, right. and it's a nice little put-together beauty box to give someone on Christmas. Okay, so wow. that's good. I, yeah. I could I could so far, I could do a lot of that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if you actually want to make something and be a bit creative, but mm -hmm. you don't have a sewing machine, leg warmers are one of the easiest things to make. Go in your closet, grab a sweater that has a funky pattern on it, and wrap that one a bit. Cut off the sleeves, and you have two very funky little leg warmers. Roll them up, 
and uh, yeah, wrap them up, and it's a perfect little gift for someone. Mm-hmm. You'd also use those um, over boots. Absolutely, like, yeah, boot you know, socks. To tuck yeah. them in, boot socks. Boot socks. That's what they're called. Yeah. I've never known. <laughs> or if you if you want to wrap up a bottle of wine. The sleeve of a shirt or a sweater mm-hmm. is great. Just knot the ends, and there you go. Cute little gift bag. So hmm. this is uh, this is amazing. And yeah. you've, you've and got all kinds of ideas. Oh, this is incredibly easy. Um, everybody has loads of coffee and tea cups that they don't mm-hmm. use, right? Find one that's, you know, nice looking. Stick in some little teas. Wrap it all up, and you're done. And you know what, guys, though? I did bring you each a little gift. Oh, you, thank you. A little, uh, yeah, upcycled gift. Go ahead, open it, oh, open it. Oh, oh. No, let's see what we got. All right. Yes, okay. You, you have to uh, It's a to p- Mine's in a pretty little bag. They're oh, upcycled little, bag. little earrings. Yes, and those I upcycled from oh, vintage pretty. Christmas, Christmas bobbles from oh, Germany. Yes. Oh, my goodness. They're lovely. Yeah. That's a great idea. That's a great. Thank you very much. You're welcome very much. Now tell everyone how they can connect with with you. Find your find your site and. Well, my site is called Confessions of a Refashionista. You can Google that. You can mm-hmm. Google Refashionista Sherry or visit Awesome Sauce ashattery.com and that is my site and there you'll find my over 1100 tutorials in video format photographic format and yeah raid your closets and get making how often do you post new ideas every and single day wow every single day yes to that blog as well as my refashion nation blog and every friday to my youtube channel that's excellent. So the one, uh, tell, tell everyone again the one link so they can connect with yeah, everything. With everything is awesomesauceasshattery.com. <laughs> awesomesauceasshattery.com. Because we got right. it here. A little okay, bit of be on there, there yeah. almost immediately. <laughs> she is a great uh, recycler, refurbisher. Uh, refurbisher, yes. Uh, right. Repurposer. That's a good one. There you go. Refashionista. There you go. Thank you so much for coming in and joining us here at Witches' Day. Thank you for having me, and have a wonderful holiday. We will. We hope to. (laughs) We'll be right back. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? to a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism. Fear of missing out? FOMO flies out the door when you listen to Lena. Who knew? I hope everyone will know by the end of this segment. Every time you come in, you have such great news to share with us. Oh, thank you. I love sharing great news. Yes, I want everyone to know about it because it is such a great cause. I almost had tears in my eyes. It is phenomenal. OMG. OMG. Join What She Said Weekends and find out what lifestyle blogger Lena Almeida is loving. Well, that is Deck the Halls by Madison Violet. So welcome to What She Said. We have Brenly McEachern and Lisa McIsaac in studio with us. And that song's off your Christmas album, which is out right now, and it is called Sleigh Bells in the Snow. So tell us about your take on these holiday classics, because there's a little twist to all of them. (laughs) Well, we went into it thinking it was going to be uh, two guitars, two voices. Yeah. 
And it was in the middle of June, or sorry, the middle of July, in the thick little of, hot. <laughs> yes, in the thick of the heat of July, and uh, we just got in there, and we were um, Stuart Cameron and Peter Fusco. We were just having such a good time, uh, you know. And it was like, okay, no, we should put some tube on this, and we should do this, and we should do that, and so <laughs> everything gets more sleigh bell. Yeah, uh, sleigh bell, not cowbell. Very good, I got that. <laughs> so now you have worked with. Some powerhouse producers. You've been nominated for Juno. You've won multiple awards. Why did you want to record a Christmas album? You know, we've been playing together for 17 years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we started when we were four. Four, I say. <laughs> <laughs> but 17 years. And our parents and our fans, and they've just been asking for a Christmas record for so many years. And we always wanted to do one. And we had a lot of downtime this summer. And we were sort of mm-hmm. having a bit a bit of a break. And we're like, oh, this doesn't feel right. We need to get in the studio. And we need to do what what our parents have been asking for. And we just we just went right in. Okay. So tell people where they can get the album, how to find you online, et cetera. Um, you can get it on iTunes. Okay. Uh, you can listen on Spotify. You can... Go right to our website if you want to, if you're like old schooler. I love you so much if you are old school. <laughs> and uh, buy, it, uh, buy it right off of our website. Which, what's the name of your website? MadisonViolet.com. MadisonViolet.com. Okay, and before we listen, don't forget to follow us on social media. It's all at What She Said Talk. But right now, here is Madison Violet singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. yourself a merry little Christmas let your heart be light from now on our troubles will be out of sight have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay From now on Our troubles will be miles away golden days of your faithful friends gather near to us that are dear to us once more through the years we all will be together fates allow Hang a shining star above the highest bough And have yourself a merry little Christmas Have yourself a merry Christmas Have yourself a merry little Christmas now Mm, Little Christmas Have yourself a merry little Christmas Have yourself a merry little Christmas was wonderful. Such a beautiful song. And that is it for what she said. We have two best off shows lined up for you next weekend. And we will be back in studio uh, January 6th and January 7th with brand new episodes for 2018 right here on 105.9 The Region. And what do you have planned for, for New Year's Eve? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. I'm open. (laughs) 
I'm absolutely open for New Year's Eve. But are, I know are you putting that out to the universe? I'm Chris, putting Chris. that out to the universe. <laughs> I am putting that out to the universe. I'm I'm not a huge New Year's person. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, no. you know, but I think, you know, uh, it'll probably end up being some friends that yeah. say, let's get together. That's what about nice. you? Um, having dinner with friends. Dinner well, with friends. Good. That sounds great. Oh, don't forget to find us online at whatshesaidtalk.com and do follow us on social media at whatshesaidtalk and... Happy holidays and a wonderful 2018 for everybody. and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.